Chapter Three of My Queen, a Weekly Journal for Young Women, Issue One, September nineteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. Chapter Three: Marion Proves Her Intuitions. The weeks passed swiftly at the Marlowe farmhouse, for Mr. Lawson's presence there had broken the monotony. Not once during his stay had Marion been able to shake off her first impressions. She dreaded him instinctively, and was ill at ease in his presence. There was a mystery about him which she could not fathom, but her intuitions were keen, and she decided to trust them. Marion was too amiable to ordinarily allow her feelings to be seen. Not even to Dolly had she made full confession of them. Mr. Lawson's attentions to her sister worried her exceedingly, but with Silas Johnson as the alternative, she was forced to be silent. One morning Marion took her churn out under a big locust tree near the kitchen door and was churning vigorously when she overheard an astonishing conversation. Silas Johnson and her father were just around the corner of the house, but neither knew of her presence, or they would have spoken more guardedly. "'I said it, and I calculate I'll stick to it,' her father said sullenly. "'Dolly shall marry you, Sal, so you needn't get up your dander.' "'Oh, I ain't got up no dander, Farmer Marlowe,' was the reply, "'but it's high time the thing was done and settled, for I'm getting a little tired of seeing that there city chap with Dolly.' You know gals'll be gals, and there ain't much dependin' on em. All their city chaps are goin' tomorrow, if that's what's worryin' you, replied the farmer quickly. And as quick as he's gone, I'll have it out with Dolly. It's their best thing for her, and she's got to do it. You can have them papers back on our wedding day, said Silas, with a rasping chuckle. Marion held her breath. Here was a new phase of the situation. Thank you, Si. I'll be plumb glad to get em, I can tell you said her father, sighing. Them air doggone papers has worried me like thunder, but as you say, it'll be all in the family when you marry Dolly. Marion drew a long breath and grasped the churn handle tighter. In another moment, the two men rose from their seats and sauntered out to the garden, still talking seriously. So, it's a business transaction of some sort, whispered Marion to herself. Pa owes Silas some money or something, and he's going to settle it by giving him Dolly. She rose from her stool, her face fairly crimson with anger. As she turned to enter the house, she confronted Mr. Lawson. For just a second, Marion hesitated to tell her trouble to this man. Then an uncontrollable impulse made her turn to him appealingly. She had forgotten all else but her sister's danger. Oh, Mr. Lawson, I must tell you an awful secret, she cried brokenly. And, oh, I do hope you'll be able to advise me. You are wise and, and kind. I am sure that you will help me. Father is in debt to Silas Johnson, and Sal has made him promise that Dolly shall marry him. The tears trembled on Marion's lashes as she said the words, and in her intense excitement her dark eyes shone like diamonds. Carlos Lawson looked at her with unusual interest. His first thought was of her beauty, but he controlled himself enough to answer. The thing would be outrageous, he said after a second. What has that freckle-faced clod to offer Dolly, I should like to know? He has a farm of his own, that is all, said Marion hotly. Or he may have a mortgage on father's for all that I know. But if he had the wealth of the world, he should not have my little sister. 
"'But how can you prevent it?' asked Mr. Lawson, a little coldly. Marion looked up at his face and trembled as she read his glance. "'I—I I hoped you would be able to advise me,' she said slowly. "'I know so little of the world, Mr. Lawson. Oh, can't you think of some way to save my poor sister?' Once more Marion's eyes shone through her tears as she gazed up into his face. Her full lips trembled with emotion. Her face was transfused with unusual beauty. Again the sense of her beauty flitted through Carlos Lawson's brain, and this time he made no attempt to control it. How had he ever become enamored of pretty Dolly's childish face when this spirited creature was constantly before him? A dark flush mounted to his cheek and brow as he bent forward quickly and laid his hand upon Marion's shoulder. "'I will save her, yes, on one condition,' he whispered sharply. "'I will save your sister, if you will kiss me, Marion. My God, but you are beautiful. Quick, Marion, with your answer.' With a stifled scream, Marion Marlowe flung his hand from her shoulder and sprang away from him. Her face paled in an instant at the insult he had offered her. "'So that is the kind of a gentleman you are,' she said scornfully, "'to try to take advantage of a girl in her misery.' The man took a step forward, but Marion stopped him with a gesture. "'Don't you dare to come nearer,' she said sternly. "'I'm only a poor farmer's daughter, but I respect myself, sir. "'I regret that I spoke to you about Dolly at all. "'I might have known better. I never trusted you.' She stood with her right arm upraised as she said these words, her fair face turned unflinchingly toward the handsome insulter. A careless sneer crossed the man's dark face. "'You've never trusted me, eh?' he said half-smilingly. "'Well, that will not make much difference with me, I guess. You'll trust me more some day, my haughty Marion.' "'Never!' cried Marion, with a hot flush of shame. "'Not as long as I remember your insulting words.' but enough, Mr. Lawson. I will not detain you longer. She swept by him like a queen and went into the house. Her mother was sitting in the kitchen, patiently darning stockings. Mother, mother, cried Marion sharply as she threw herself on her knees by her side. Is it possible that you are willing for Dolly to be sacrificed? Are you going to sit calmly by and see her sold in bondage to Silas Johnson? "'What can I do?' asked her mother irritably. "'If your father says so, what can I do?' "'Taint a wife's place to meddle with her husband's running of his family.' "'But think of it, mother. What her life will be when she is tied to a man whom she does not love. Have you no sympathy for your daughter? Think what you have suffered. And there's poor sister Samantha. She is a perfect slave to her stupid husband. When with her looks and talents, she might have done so much better.' "'Your father is head of his family,' said her mother again. "'It ain't my place to go again him. "'He knows what's best for you and Dolly.' Marion groaned aloud and rocked back and forth on the floor. Dolly opened the door of the little parlor where she had been busy dusting and stared at her sister. She had a big bandana tied over her saucy curls, and with her dainty face flushed with exercise, she looked like some quaint old-fashioned picture. "'Silas will make her a good husband, I'm sure.' said Mrs. Marlowe meekly. "'Of course he will, Marthy,' said the old farmer, who came in just as she spoke. "'And what's more, I'm a-getting mighty sick of this eternal nonsense. Dolly has to marry Sile, and that's all there is about it. Why, there's dozens of gals as would jump at the chance. Appears to me that Dolly's determined to fly in the face of Providence in the foolishest matter. She ought to be a-thanking her stars for getting such a husband.' Dolly stood, duster in hand, staring at her father as he spoke. 
There was a dull look in her eye, as if she had not fully understood him. "'Dolly, Dolly, why don't you speak? Why don't you tell father what you think?' "'Oh, Dolly, what is the matter?' cried Marion sharply. "'I... I don't want to marry Silas,' she finally whispered. "'You... you tell him, Marion.' She turned to her sister appealingly, and gazed from one to another of the little group with a frightened face. She seemed like one in a trance who was trying to grasp the situation. Marion sprang forward swiftly and threw her arms around her sister. There was something wrong with Dolly, but she had not time to puzzle out what it was. This question of her marrying Silas must be settled at once and forever. Turning so that she faced both her father and mother, Marion rested her right hand lightly on her sister's shoulder. "'I will answer him, sister, and it shall be once for all, for this anxiety is killing me. I can brave it no longer.' When a girl's own father and mother refuse to protect her, it is high time for someone else to interfere. Dolly does not love Silas Johnson, and she shall never marry him, for in spite of you both, I will find some way to prevent it. End of chapter 3 Recording by Colleen McMahon